Well, hello and welcome, everybody. This is another another version of Tantra Cafe with Laurie Handlers. I'm your host, and I'm so thrilled to be back with you. I greet you in peace. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. That means I bow to you in peace. And I'm excited to be here, as always. Have you ever heard of a goddess temple? What is this new phenomenon that's springing up in almost every big American city. And have you ever heard it's such a place where you would send your boyfriend or your husband to go get sexual healed? Is this something that you would want to send your boyfriend or husband to? Is this something that you, if you found out that your boyfriend or husband went to a goddess temple, would you be jealous? Or would you be mad that they were spending their hard-earned money or possibly your family's hard-earned money on sexual healing? I mean, would you? what would you do if you found out that someone you loved was going to a goddess temple and you don't even know what that is? My guest today claims to know something about this. My guest today is Tracy Elise, Mother Priestess of the Phoenix Goddess Temple. She calls herself Mystic Sister Tracy Elise, and she's been holding sacred space for a group practice since 2001. She has, she asserts that over 40,000 seekers and initiates have received guidance and healing from her or under her auspices, having founded both goddess temples in Seattle and Phoenix. And she's also assisted over 300 practitioners, that's people, I guess, who would work with your husband or your boyfriend in finding a safe and strong work practice in new and ancient temple skills or temple life practices. So today we're going to find a little bit out about this or maybe a lot about this from Tracy Elise. Tracy, thank you, Lori. That was the best intro I think I've ever had because now everyone's <laughs> going to say, well, what is she going to say about that? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's well, great. listen. I'd like, to, I'd like to do this head on. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. couples because Tantra is about couples. So, so. If, so if I were a, in a couple, i got to tell you, I mean, first of all, if I, if I didn't know anything about Tantra and I didn't know anything about goddess temples and I didn't know you and I found out from looking at a credit card or a, or looking at missing cash or whatever I found out that my boyfriend was going to a goddess temple on a regular basis to seek sexual healing I'd be pretty pissed off <laughs> I I just yeah. I wouldn't get it I wouldn't get it I wouldn't understand what was going on so I want to know you know, what is it? What happens in a goddess temple? And, um, and why, why should people be glad that their boyfriend or husband are going there? I'm, I'm really glad you asked that. And I want to start by saying we do serve people who have partners. Okay. We also work with people who are single, uh, widowed, just been left, just left something that wasn't working, like, we work with a lot of single people, too. Sure. Um, but people who are partnered, yeah, that's where a big charge comes in. And I have to say, probably I would have felt that way when I was married, too. And honestly, the only way that the men would have to not come and see us 
where the need would get met is if the, is if the wife takes it in her own hands to become an embodiment of the sacred feminine in her bedroom and 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 understand oh gosh there's a when you love a man there's a sacred duty to work with his energy the yeah, energy that well, is flowing I, in the root chakra yeah and because he's telling you for that sure What's sure that? yeah so I, first of all the context like if if everything was kind of flowing the way it might i woke up this morning with my partner and we i we i said what would it be like if women who liked sex and felt there was a deep spirituality and wisdom in that what if those women who shared that intimacy either a lot with one partner or perhaps with many people but that that they felt that that was sacred and what if women who had a lot of sex were not called sluts or whores or whatever what if they were held in esteem for the wisdom that they're sharing how would that change how women act about sex, not just women who do the work as right livelihood, but just all women, and how we view the energy of our sexuality, our life force, our our chi, our ki, our kundalini, our bio energy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, women, you know, wait, we wait. can really teach the men about conducting shakti. So w- oh. you asked this to your partner this morning. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you're. You're going here for a reason because you're you're trying to redefine how we are sexually. I, we, I say, because I'm a woman. What did your partner say to that? What? How did your partner respond? Uh, and is your partner well, he, now? He just feels that yeah. he just. We were also talking about pornography, and it's my observation after being in energy practice for this long period of time, eight years, that all of the men are not able to direct their energy to kind of a, a to get it to where it's grounded and makes them feel strong i just every guy i see practically is sort of short circuiting or his energy stopped flowing there there's all kinds of i would say electrical disorders happening in the root chakra and the primary cause is that the natural flow that men emanate from the root is not being ever offered a sacred ground. You're literally talking about a hot wire touching a ground and the energy flowing through. Uh, so, and, and when the, oh, sorry. So, no, that's okay. So you're. T- so I, I just want to get this because now we're into men and what men are doing. So what I'm getting from what you're saying, I just want to get this clear so I can understand it and other people can understand it. What you're saying is if a woman or women grounded men in certain practices, men would be healthier, and women, by doing that, would also be healthier. Is that a correct assumption to make? That's totally it, yes. So, (laughs) and we would love it if the women would come to some of the classes that we have here so women can step into their natural wisdom. Really, women have the lowdown on the body and what works and what doesn't in sensuality and sexuality, but, you know, we're not celebrated in this way. Most in in general, you know, when you've got a church that teaches sex is just for making babies, it doesn't have any other purpose, it's the only sacred purpose of sex is to, you know, make progeny. I disagree with that. In our temple, we believe that we have a rainbow body, a light body, uh, the seven chakra energy vortexes, which the soul emanates, 
Uh, so we're working with the light body. We're working with bioenergy or kundalini. You know, we're working with light and energy, and that's interdenominational. Uh, it covers all religions. And the, and the goal is to connect that energy with the central station of the light of your soul at the center of your solar plexus. So we're, we're helping people connect their centered self, their soul, the part of you that never dies, and connect that with uh, your physical self and your resonating vessel. And so that's, well, that's what a lot of these ancient sexual practices are really about, becoming enlightened both in soul and body. Well, listen, I couldn't agree with you more uh, about how it has to be, how we have to connect all this up. I have a few things. Well, what the, so what the women are going to get out of it, if they're guys here, is they should be, their men will be cultivating a healthy matrix, which they can then bring to the relationship. We actually offer sessions like Goddess Guide Me and Goddess Worship. Uh, well, wait, a second, wait a second, go back. What is matrix? What is yeah, safe? well, what it is is it's a possibility for a man to practice. Like if you were going to be a great tennis player, you wouldn't just watch videos and read about it. You'd have to get on the court with someone who's played a lot of tennis. You would. You'd get coached. In, in other yeah. words, you'd, you'd get a coach. You, you'd have to get a coach, and it has to be something that is registering in your body. It's not just mental. Trying to take it in just in the mind and then become great, it doesn't work like that. You need to okay. actually feel circuits. Feel okay, yeah. Yeah. Guidance. Yeah. And then, and then you, and then your own self-knowledge expands and then you can bring that to your relationship. I want to say this. 50% us, 50% of the people who come in receive only. That is, they lay on the altar of light and they never lift a hand to touch the practitioner. About half of the people this would be true. So what you're saying so, is, is in the receiving mode, yeah, they're in a yeah, they're, we call this healing where someone signs up for a healing. Yeah. We anticipate that they're not going to touch the practitioner, they're just going to receive. And, and I in the receiving, most of my partnered men are doing this, you know, they just want to receive the healing. Okay, so in the receiving there's a couple things. People are receiving healing and can we assert that in receiving see I feel that all people need to receive Women need well, to women learn. Women do too. To this is what happens in the goddess temple. It's the men who seek out the healing. The women just accept nothingness around their sexual knowledge. Like they just accept practically no information. You know, like I, I, I can't even say, you know, how hard it is to be female and then access the sacred wisdom that is in your own body because it's just been absolutely hidden, covered over in some cases snuffed out, but, you know, sacred feminine wisdom on sacred sexuality and spirit, this is a very real thing, and it's been suppressed and denied and um, invalidated and, in many cases, eradicated. Actually, yeah, well, that, I'm glad you got back to that. Wait a second. I'm glad you got back to that because when we first started the show... That's exactly what we were asking. Like I was saying, uh, I said, you said to your lover, your, your partner, what would happen if women felt completely free to express themselves? They felt that they could div uh, embody the divine feminine and all this. And then we kind of went away from that. So now we're coming right, Without fear of being labeled something that would be, you know, where you would lose your Before. status as a good woman, as a lady. Right as an outstanding right. member of society, that if you step out in this way, you could lose certain statuses. And this goes back to ancient Rome. 
you know, there was a centralized male power that decided that women that acted like this, we would call them wives, and, you know, women got categorized, and you literally had the goddess split into the two Marys, the supposed prostitute, who was actually a high priestess, Mary Magdalene, and then, of course, Mary, Mother of God, right. um, you know, Jesus' mother. So the, the two Marys actually were one goddess in the beginning. The mother goddess was both the giver of life and the co-creator of sexual bliss, you know, with God. Right. So. Well, I think that you're, you're reminding me of the movie Dangerous Beauty, where the two the women were courtesans and in uh, Venice. I don't know if you saw it. It was just amazing. Yes, I have. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. fabulous film, and it, it was about the two courtesans, and they were brilliant, and the men wanted to talk with them and do everything, and they got really badly treated by the wives of the Venetian men in those days, and it was, but they were really providing a service that the wives, um, not only couldn't they perform, because they probably weren't smart enough, but also they probably had no interest in doing that because they were raising children. So Yes, and also women who have a spiritual bent, the model for the holy, holy of most holy of women would be a sexless mother so even if you give birth your goal is to be virgin like sort of sexless i mean mary is held up as if, if you're the a virgin, virgin woman she's just pretty much the goddess you know that you want to emulate if you really want to get next to god so that's a, that's a strong message for christian women it's a, it's a subliminal but it's just a, it's also obvious yeah thank you well today we're talking with tracy elise who is the mother priestess of the Phoenix Goddess Temple, and we're talking about how men visit places like Goddess Temples and start to learn to, well, we're going to learn more about how they stop, they can stop short-circuiting their sexual energy and get grounded by women and how women can learn these skills. And when we come back, we'll hear more about that. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss Emotional release technique. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. That's right. In my CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, I create a very safe and sacred space in which you can do the very deep and powerful work that I'm known for in my Tantra courses. I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through all the emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to clear yourself on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. You can order my CD for $20 at ButterflyWorkshops.com. I think you're worth it. I think your relationships are worth it. I think you deserve to walk free of emotional baggage. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han. Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. I have an extraordinary guest today, somebody who's a real risk taker, somebody who's been holding sacred space since 2001 for people to perform ancient temple rites and rituals, temple arts, which assist people in the sexual healing of the planet. So, Tracy, we just left off talking about how uh, 
how how men could get grounded by women how what could what could happen if women the only options that were offered us were not either the virgin or the whore uh, I loved when you said that because I, I forgot that I used to yell about that. I used to say, wait, the only goddess that I've ever presented with was a virgin. Even though I'm not in that, the, a religious follower of that kind, it was like I looked around the images for a goddess I saw in the District of Columbia. You know, the, I saw one. And there's a Statue of Liberty. There's a couple of goddesses around, but, you know, they're, they're not alive. They're statues. I saw, you know, I've seen statues of Venus. So you're talking right, about real-life right. goddesses, people who are performing temple arts, helping to heal men and heal women on the planet. Yeah? Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting because most of the women who work here, we, if we do, we don't usually refer to ourselves as goddesses. Other people do. And mm. in any case, that would be a goddess with a small G, and that the men who come here are learning to be divine beings. And that means if you call yourself a god or a goddess, it means that, Every part of you is straining or easing or weaving or whatever, but you're, you're reaching towards source or you're, you're melting into one or whatever, but you're, you're letting go of self and becoming one with something greater. And that's a practice. It's a practice of oneness. Um, Osho said Tantra can be defined in just one word, and that word, which my guess was that the word was love, uh, Osho says the one word that describes Tantra is yes. And that because yeah. you're, you're in the now, it's the only moment that matters, now, now, now. And you're, if you say yes to what's showing up on the, the screen of your life as the movie, then you're saying, yes, I co-created this with God and I'm relishing every minute of it. And so you're saying yes and you're weaving with all that is. You know, you're not resisting it. So I love that. Um, I, I, I try love to say yes to what shows up, truly. I, I love <laughs> it that. It is a practice I have, yeah. It um, it involves really a total surrender to the flow, really to the flow. It, it's a, yes, it's like for me. I mean, just in terms of my practices, what I've what I've learned. One of the things I learned in tantra was boundaries. I never had boundaries growing up. My parents never they never used the word. I I never discovered what my boundaries were till I was so far into something and realized it could be dangerous. And then I had to back my way out or I ran into a brick wall. <clears throat> Excuse mm -hmm. me, I hurt myself. And so I got boundaries from Tantra. And then when I was re really getting more into Osho and he said, just say yes to everything, I thought, how am I going to just say yes to everything when I need to say no to some things? And what I realized was that boundaries are necessary in the moment. And then once I know that who I am, I don't need them anymore. I can pretty much say yes to everything because I know who I am as a defined being and I can say yes and surrender to all there is. So I, I love that whole yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, you're talking, about, you're talking about sexual healing. You're really talking about sexual healing for everyone on the yeah. So yeah, and, and we both enjoy the Egyptian mysteries. I know we have that in common. And the mother's mystery school, in the father's mystery school, you would be studying in ancient Egypt up to 12 years on the topic of you would, you would have these elaborate procedures to ascend as a light being and become one with source or become an avatar or a being of light that, you know, where you 
supersede death and you go into the next level of play with all of your memories intact. You just become more light. And um, so there were many practices around this. The Father's Mystery School is where you started, and it was about cultivating your will and your courage. And it was very complex mentally and very much about focusing your will and just being absolutely both powerful in your knowledge, skillful, courageous, everything we associate with the divine masculine. Then once you graduated, you cultivated these. They had like over 130 ways to ascend that involved sacred geometry and tests of courage with crocodiles and engineering and astronomy and just and then when you graduate you've accomplished all of this they ship you to the mother's mystery school where you spend 12 years focusing on two words just enacting and living two words and the words are can you guess yes and no you know okay so perfect trust and to to be in the space of perfect trust as a practice as a high priestess Okay. Sometimes it takes everything I've got, everything in me. I have to absolutely consciously surrender again, even though I thought I was in deep surrender. <laughs> you don't have to go another level, you know. But that's the practice, and it's wonderful. And as a woman, it nourishes my soul to, to mm. cultivate trust to, with God and trust yeah. with everything. I, yeah. I, it nourishes me to feel like that. So. So will you say you you I I, I can understand that you say that you have. Uh, had 40,000 seekers and initiates. What, what is it? So you would call... I think the quote is 40,000 hours. Who's the it's seeker? probably a higher number, but yeah, it's something like that. Meaning at least that many hours were, were under my direct supervision. And, what, and who's the seeker? Um, the seeker is, is uh, people who come to find something that they think is something is missing in their life. Okay. And something about the goddess temple, tantra, energy healing, sac- uh, sacred sexuality, sexual healing, uh, nourishment for the body, nur- what can be called sometimes nurturing or therapeutic touch in the outside world. We have what we call whole body healing. And as the mother's temple, we're very concerned about making sacred the body. So people lay on the altar of light, and everyone that comes to the mother's temple receives loving touch for their entire body. As okay. a sacrament, you know, from okay. the mother. You know, we represent the mother as priests represent the father in the Catholic Church. Right. Our What our ritual is is to love your body the way your mother would when you were a, a baby. Or should have. into that state of or your innocence mother and oneness. Right, or your mother should have loved you like that but didn't. Well, yeah, so if you didn't get it, you know, we're here. <laughs> so. Right. But people need that. They need, we're very touch-deprived right now. And then... Who's the, who are initiates? Um, an initiate is someone who um, has been a seeker. They came as a guest, just curious, or they came as a seeker looking for something that seemed to be missing in their life or in their experience. A seeker then, or a guest, can be turned into an initiate when they have an enormous awakening of energy. Uh, sometimes it may be referred to as the awakening of the kundalini. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big soul aha, where suddenly everything's different. Where the, these these sessions, people say, well, these are kind of expensive, two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars per session, private coaching, private touch, private guidance. That's a lot of money. And what I invite people to view the session is as actually a magical, mystical portal. You go into the transformation chamber one way, 
with faith that you're going to get what you need in your next step in your uh, evolution of spirit and soul and a body. And with that faith and trust, the temple, the transformation chamber itself, and the healer you've chosen, you will be shifted. If you were an initiate, you experienced radical change where when you left the chamber, everything was different. And that's you know, what we're hoping to give people who are ready. You know, and, this sounds you know, not like... Not everybody that, has that dramatic of an experience, but many people do. This sounds like... This They're sounds ready like to the, put the lid to be taken off around their energy. This sounds they like holographic... They want to direct it. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on a second. This sounds like the holographic uh, deck... The holographic deck on the on the uh, Enterprise on this ship Enterprise, like I could see a goddess temple hologram and uh, people on the the starship Enterprise, Captain Kirk going in and and having a completely different experience of reality, and then coming back different with with new information that wasn't able to be accessed any other way. Correct. That is totally it. Just this week, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> if we think about the movie The Matrix for a minute and how there were, you could see lines of energetic connection from the great right. web of reality to the individual being. Right. And so we all have a matrix, a pulsing, living matrix of light and life force energy. And most of us are living in a grid. A grid the difference between a grid and the matrix, a grid is fixed. And it's not supposed to shift. No matter what sorts of things come pulsing down the lines of a grid, the lines stay parallel, they stay at perpendicular angles, and it holds a lot of structure. It holds things in place. In the mother's chambers, we're cultivating the living matrix. And so part of what happens is people step into the transformation chamber, they leave their shoes outside the door, and they leave every single thing about who they are outside that door, unless they don't. I've had men come in who want to solve their, they're letting their lady down in some way and how they're making love. Premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, I don't know how to give her an orgasm. She was abused and I don't know what to do. I get this kind of stuff too, of course. And right. so people are coming in for coaching and healing and just talking about it isn't going to bring the change, the shift in the matrix as knowing and direct experience. I, I agree. So, I how does this differ, though? I mean, somebody could just say, well, this is just another nice coding on, on regular prostitution. Yeah. Uh, well, they, it, wait it, a minute. I got a question, though. Wait a second. Yeah. I got a question. It, it, it just dawned on me when I was saying that, that maybe, in fact, prostitution comes from this ancient art, and because there was no access for information, it dwindled down to just a sex act. Yes, for, for anyone who's listening who's familiar with the Ladder of Light or the Seven Chakra Energy Centers, uh, if you imagine like snowman buttons, lights uh, red at the bottom and purple at the top, and it's the, it's the visible spectrum of light. And it, what happens with prostitution is you're exchanging light at the rainbow body at just the red ray just what we would refer to as the area of the genitals, it's the bottom of your torso, it's the groin area, there's all kinds of awkward things to call it. We like <laughs> to refer to it as the root chakra because that's where 70% of the energy flows. Yeah, I was going to say it's the so, root, so it's not so bad, it's just the root chakra. Yeah, I like the term the root chakra or the root. Right. So 
And so prostitution is dealing with moving that energy and nothing more. And in, the, and in the temple, we're inviting people to bring that life force energy up the ladder of light into nourishment, um, you know, nourishment of self and the, the safe nest of the mother, which is the orange ray, a, a development and a cultivation of a stronger sense of identity and self, which is the yellow ray, uh, diving into divine love. Everyone here practices loving, authentic witness. It's the law loving authentic witness you can't work in the temple if you're not in love with yourself and in love with life and in love with humanity oh the humanity you gotta love humanity to do this but if you have the heart of compassion and love for all beings it's a wonderful thing so and in the ancient teaching it's the green ray the heart channel which turns ordinary work into sacred work no matter what you're doing when love enters it becomes sacred because now you're connecting to the blue the indigo and the violet rays it's the heart that bridges heaven and earth it's the heart that bridges the mother and the father so uh, I believe that people who work with love are doing sacred work no matter what words you may use about them yeah yeah well I just want to uh, let people know if you, you just tuned in you are listening to Tantra Cafe. My guest today is Tracy Elise, who is the mystic sister, Tracy Elise. She's been holding sacred space for group practice, meaning people seekers who come for sexual healing and initiates, people who, who get initiated, get anointed into finding themselves, finding more than they expected in life, uh, having practitioners who, who are skilled in these practices and We're finding out a lot about how this all works. When we come back, I'm going to be asking her about uh, more about the definition of these chakras and this divine energy and also uh, how, how you can get in touch. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Laurie Handlers. If you're listening to Tantra Cafe, congratulations. You've reached a higher plane of consciousness in caring for yourself and caring for your significant other. Tantra can help with physical and emotional bonding to nurture your relationship. And there's another level of care that you should be considering as well. It's your family's financial well-being. I rely on DeLone Financial Services to guide me on this journey. And Jeff DeLone is my friend. He and I have worked together for years. He even helps care for my father's finances. For information about your family's financial planning, contact Jeff DeLone at 610-356-1253. That's 610-356-1253. Or you can email Jeff at jdelone at delonefinancialgroup.com. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through FSC Securities Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Jeff DeLone is a registered representative with FSC Securities Corporation. DeLone Financial Group is not. Welcome back. We're back on the air. This is Laurie Handlers with Tantra Cafe, and my guest today is Tracy Elise, who is the founder and mother priestess or high priestess of the Phoenix Goddess Temple. And I, if you want more information about this, I just want to let you know that you can go to phoenixgoddesstemple.org 
and you can find out more about what's happening at the temple. So we're talking about a, a priestess, uh, somebody who works with the energy, moves it from what we call the root chakra, which is the base of the spine, through the light centers, all the way up, uh, passing through the solar plexus, passing through the heart, passing through the throat, the third eye, all the way up, and moving energy. And uh, would you say that that's really how somebody transforms when they are having when they have a session? And and typically, how many sessions would somebody have? Um, what a lot of different things can happen. Um, people can come for private work and then dive into workshops and classes, or dive into a serious home study, of which there are many. So sometimes the trans- people just get activated. They just feel, what happens when you take up the practice of uh, weaving? Tantra is a Sanskrit word. Tan means to weave, and tra is a tool for expansion. So you're weaving your own expansion when you take up Tantra. And, um, you're, you're, and the weaving aspect has to do with what you might call channels or strands of energy where you're taking energy in from the universe and you're also sending energy out and going and moving from an unconscious energy relationship where you don't really tune into or sense your own energy fields to where you begin to sense it. And this happens with a guide. And if you came to me, for example, in my session, you would feel the light of your soul in your solar plexus. There's actually a ball of light right there. And um, you can feel it. You can also uh, sense the spinning of the chakra wheels. Uh, and there is a way to um, experience quite easily the polarity of touch and the polarity in the chakra energy centers. And once you know polarity touch, you can actually create these magnetic circuits of union so that no speech is necessary. You simply walk up and... It's kind of like a sci-fi movie. You walk up and touch each other on certain spots, and you immediately begin to run this circuit of union. It's a closed conduit. It's an energy loop where you're sending and receiving, and it's looping through both of your bodies. So well, that, Trace, that's I mean, my thing. I like polarity tantra. So. I love that. But what, what I, I mean, I know for a fact, and you, you know too, that most men do not feel like this. They, do, they don't. They feel at all. Like you, I've asked a man a million times, and this is not a put down to men. I mean, this is just how the, we're socialized in this crazy uh, duality of a culture, but or or the cultures that exist on the planet. So if I say to a man, "How do you feel?" Usually he goes, "I think I feel cold. I think I feel hungry. I think mm-hmm. I feel I think I feel horny." I mean, men don't. How is it that you're saying that you touch somebody on their solar plexus and the wheel of the chakra of the energy center of the light center starts spinning and they can feel it? And this could happen in one session? Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the people here. Yeah, that's an easy practice. Basically, you just move your hand in a circle clockwise, hovering just a few inches over the body. And you can use both hands if you want it to feel stronger. And then when you move your hands in the opposite direction in the circle, you'll actually be contradicting the spin and you'll actually, you'll sense it through distortion. Because what's always there, you're not going to sense because it's always with you. So a lot of times what we do is we learn to tune into the channel because we deliberately distort it and then we uncross the wires and feel the sensation of union. 
and in that, you know, deliberate creation of magnetic channels, uh, you immediately see how you are an energetic being. I mean, I ask people, would you agree with me that an orgasm is an energy event? And people always say, yes, of course, it's, it's the biggest energy event, except maybe for when you're like running for your life from a tiger. It's a, you know, <laughs> orgasm is the big energy. And in the Egyptian practice, we are all to have a, a lot of orgasmic uh, energy exchange because we're cultivating our ka, we're cultivating our light body. People who are very familiar with Christian iconography where you'll see a saint, a very holy person, someone in service to God, and they will have a matrix, an egg of light all around them. And then frequently they'll have a crown of light or a halo up on top where the seventh chakra light is, which is the purple ray, and it's the ray that it it means you're directly connected to source. There's no distortion. You're one with source, whatever name you use. And so when you see the the, um, the saint and they've got this emanating light and you go back to ancient Egypt, that's what people were practicing. They were using uh, circuitry, a touching and circuits to calm each other's energy, ground each other's energy. They were deliberately sharing orgasms to strengthen the channels in their light body, in their car. And by strength, orgasm, because orgasm sends massive amperage through, right? You get flooded with much stronger energy and light in that moment. And so when you're cultivating your orgasm, you're actually strengthening your ka. You're strengthening that matrix of light. Did you spell that? that are you saying ka, K-A? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, because yeah. every time you say it, I feel that you're saying you're strengthening your cock, and I'm going... I know she's not oh. <laughs> Well, believe me, it would strengthen the cock as well. And that's the whole, I, I give men orgasm homework. If I only see them for one hour and I never see them again, they yeah. go home with homework. And it has to do with moving from masturbation into mastery. I have to tell you that men have to take up this, this energetic practice of cultivating and mastering the energy at the root. They have to do it because it is a soulful choice. It is the yes. healthiest choice. It yes. is the energetically healthy choice. And it's going to make them much more magnetic with their partner and even in business dealings and with their children and out in the world. When a man is cultivating his matrix and the magnetics of his matrix, he will have a greater chance of succeeding in magnetizing in the circumstances that will make his life better. Absolutely. People cannot do this with their root chakra energy shut off. Well, you know, I, you know, in the new age, I, I have to say something that in the new age, there's a lot of men who are stuck in their feminine aspect. Like, there's a lot of really nice looking, like, long-term men who kind of are very yin. They're very in their receptive feminine aspect. And I feel what you're talking about and what I, I also teach people. I mean, I give people 21 days of homework with this pulling the energy up, cultivating the energy in my classes. So I understand what you're talking about. I just want to make sure everyone understands that we're asking, that you're asking, you're, you're instructing that men, rather than push their sexual energy out in an ejaculation or in an orgasmic uh, in, in release of sexual energy, that they pull the energy up and they pull it up through the whole, all the light bodies that you've been discussing, and that will that will cultivate uh, power, sexual yeah. energy, the energies of creation, and make them more magnetic. I mean, what you're saying, of course, 
you know, I, I'm an insider, so I know what you're talking about, but I want to make sure that people really do get that. And well, I, people who watch The Secret and What the Bleep, and there's a lot of, um, oh, Abraham Hicks speaks of the magnetic fields. A lot of great spiritual programs and teachers right now are getting people to focus on that you're creating your own reality and you want to do that from the ball of light that is at the center of your being rather than running it through the computer of the brain. You want to just emanate directly from the soul center at the solar plexus and then involve that fourth chakra, the heart, because it's in the heart that all of the, um, you know, the power to draw in is in the heart and in your actual right. desire. I love Deepak right. Chopra. He said, uh, you know, wh- wherever you are in your journey to know the source and to know your own higher self, know that desire is not only proper, it's necessary, and that what you desire is going to be the face of your God. So you may be in the underworld with very dark gods and enjoying it. You might be enjoying it, or you know, but whatever it is that you desire, that's your next step to know your higher self. Right. And it's all part of the temple is we do hold space for sacred intention and sacred activity. Uh, in the way of Osho, though, we want people to take that sacredness and, and be the temple out in the world. You know, hold witness everything as sacred. Witness everything as meaningful. Why not? I, I go into mystic states where I'm just like, oh, those two birds mean that my love affair is blessed, and oh, you know, this billboard means that I'm going to have money coming to me soon, and I enjoy it. And if people think that I'm crazy, so what? I'm enjoying my multi-dimensional life where I feel like I'm part of something bigger than me. I believe in the right, the light realms. I believe in consciousness that is not embodied in the flesh or in the physical. And I like the idea that I can get an alignment and make it all one and light myself up all the way. I like that idea, and I'm playing with it. And we invite people to play with that idea in the temple. That's We call it practice and play. So this is really, when you call this a temple, though, is this really a place, would you call this a place of worship? Is this a temple like a temple, like a church, like a synagogue, like... We do have classes, and the way the government views um, temples, churches, synagogues, if you want the government's blessing for your church, they actually have a checklist of what they want to see. And we do some of those things, but we don't do others. We've actually chosen not to be a 501c3 church, uh, whereas in America most churches are, most nonprofits. Uh, you do that so that people who want to give to you can then write it off on their taxes, and there's no questions because you, the nonprofit, have received this stamp of approval from the government. And you also it. you also don't pay taxes if you're a 501c3. You don't pay taxes. Your tax everything is taxed. Well, no churches pay taxes. It doesn't matter what status you declare, whether you okay. are. Well, unless I guess you could be a for-profit church, and I suppose such things exist. I've never. Uh, yeah, actually, I can think of one lady who runs a for-profit church, but, uh, <laughs> but really, it comes down to what does the what do the core people at the core what do they want to do with their money and how do they want to, you know, use the tithes and offerings that come in to the temple. You know, it's interesting because the, to worship the mother and know the mother, it really is the body, and it, it, the, the the father aspect in these teachings would be the fifth, the sixth, the seventh chakras. Those are the realms of sound and light, imagination, mystery, 
the realm of the unknown, which would be source, uh, will I actually live forever Will I, or, or not? What is the meaning of my existence? Is there any meaning? Is the only meaning the meaning I give it? You know, these are the kinds of things you that you roll around in the upper chakras. They're abstract thoughts, and yet they steer what's happening in the physical. The mother's right. realm, truly, is the first, second, and third chakras of the physical plane. And so the temple provides transformation chambers with the, the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. We provide um, oh, each well, of the chambers I'm, has a Tracy, theme as to a different religion. Tracy, I just need to stop you right there for a second. We're, we'll co- we're going to come back and we're going to we'll actually talk about all of these the chambers. Okay. And so we'll I don't know if I answered the stop. question about the church. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so uh, I'm talking with Tracy Elise here from the Phoenix Goddess Temple. She's the high priestess of Phoenix. She is responsible for the temple where people come and enter into the divine feminine. They enter the realm of the body, and they actually get healed by being in the mother's energy. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about what actually the temple is like, like the experience of the temple. And we're going to look at the chakras one more time. So please stay tuned to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and, uh, and we'll be right back. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. This short, easy-to-read book may make you cry and probably also make you laugh uh, as you discover my tantric secrets and how they apply to your life. In the book, I begin with Law 10, which is Make Make Love in the Unknown, and work you all the way back through laws one through nine to actually get you there. How to be in the unknown, fresh, each day in every moment. Sex and happiness, I've been told, puts the innocence back and love back into sex and gives Tantra the reputation it actually deserves in the West. It's only nineteen ninety nine in in paperback and it's fourteen ninety nine as an e-book download, and you can find them at sexandhappiness.com. So go to sexandhappiness.com and buy your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. All right, we're back and talking to Tracy Elise, the High Priestess of the Phoenix Goddess Temple, if you're interested to find out more information about the Phoenix Goddess Temple, you can go to phoenixgoddesstemple.org. You can also contact Tracy at moderngoddessmedia at gmail.com, and you can ask her your own questions if you uh, have heard something or, or have more questions about, because we're covering a lot of ground today. We just talked about the the energy centers in the body, the chakras, starting at the base of the spine, working up to the sex area where the second chakra is, the solar plexus where the third is, the heart, which she described in so much beautiful detail about the about heart living, guiding your way, the throat chakra, the fifth, the, the third eye, the sixth, that the, the the area of sight, and then the seventh chakra, which is that halo area, which we were talking about above the head. So 
Now I want to talk to you about this, uh, the chambers, what people would find there if they came to the temple, or any temple perhaps, since you've, you've, uh, you've organized temples in Seattle, yeah, and in... Right, East. well, you know, it's funny because Tantra is very much about cultivating self-sovereignty and getting you empowered to go out and do your dream. And so what happens uh, maybe with, and so you might call it a new religious movement, even though it's an ancient religion. As a spiritual movement, it's kind of new in America. It's popping up organically here and there. And um, uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? I was going about how it's <laughs> happening everywhere. And well, it is, well, I did say, I said to you, you you've, you've founded a temple in Seattle. You found yes. a temple here in Phoenix. I know there's a temple in Sedona. I happen to know, been there, the Sedona Temple. I know of the temple in in uh, Minneapolis. I, right. and, I, and then there's a whole goddess temple thing on the on the web, which is which is fine. Right. Yes, there's goddesstemple.org, Penny Slinger, and goddesstemple.com, which is Dr. Krina Clark. And so there's quite a goddess movement. Ava Parks of the Orange County Goddess Temple. Um, the Reverend Judith Laxer does Gaia's Temple in Seattle. There's many goddess temples and goddess movements, uh, sacred feminine um, groups and circles forming. Even the Eckhart Tolle uh, Earth Now book is talking a lot about the sacred feminine and Gaia and oh. Earth wisdom. So this is popping up everywhere. Just some of us, some of us are working in that root chakra area, which is the area that everybody else has to avoid. <laughs> so we're not avoiding it. We're integrating it. We, we're working with integrating the. So, the, so if somebody came to your temple, or you know, yeah. one of the temples, you were talking about chambers. They, there were various chambers, and uh, so you know, what would they? What, how would they be greeted, and what would they find, and like that? Right. The temple, uh, the Phoenix Goddess Temple, is in um, a lovely sort of. I don't know, like a Spanish villa-style office building with very tall, we're blessed that a number of the chambers have two-story high ceilings. So that's really great. When you're working with the light body, it actually gives you that extra spaciousness. Each of the chambers, the transformation chambers, is a color. It's a, it's a ray of light. So we have the seven rooms of the seven rainbow colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and, or excuse me, dark blue and and violet, and then we have a black, the Egyptian chamber is a black ray, and the Christian chamber dealing with heaven and, and Mary Magdalene and Yeshua's union, that's the white chamber. And, and each of the chambers has a spiritual lineage. So we feel as the goddess temple that we want to weave in all of the patriarchal goddess male religions, or in the case of the Hindu, the orange ray, they really have divine pairs. The yellow ray, the shaman and uh, plant and animal wisdom room, that's also got a real strong tradition of divine pairs. Divine pairs exist in every religion, but some of the religions have hidden the goddess. They've hidden the divine pair aspect of their, re their religion. So, so all of our chambers were seeking to evoke for people the possibility that God is both male and female. And in every chamber, we um, have an altar of light, which is um, a therapeutic, uh, some people would call it a massage table. I'm going to put quotes around that. But we do quite a bit of work to transform it into an altar of light. 
and um, it actually glows, and it glows with the light of the ray that you're in. I'm in the green chamber right now, which is the Buddhist garden, and so it has an Asian theme, and uh, all of the rooms have uh, flowing water, little fountains, waterfalls. Um, we, they all have a fan to represent the element of air. There are candles lit in every room that actually bring in the element of fire, and the element of earth is brought in through plants and stones and pottery and that type of thing, crystals. And um, all of the chambers, uh, pretty much everyone here offers a sacred anointing of the body, although some people choose not to work with oil at all. Um, we do offer an anointing of the body in both the sense that is referred to in the Bible when Jesus anoints, or excuse me, Mary Magdalene anointed Jesus before his um, crucifixion. And so, um, there's, there's anointings that happen all along the way in an aspirant's life. You're anointed with sacred intention. You lay on the altar, the A-L-T-A-R, to alter yourself, A-L-T-E-R, towards your own divine nature. So, so if, the so, anointing is a big process of what happens here, but people can have sessions without oil. So if uh, so, is there ever? I mean, does someone ever come in and just not get it? They think they're coming to like a whorehouse or something, and they just you don't know, get it. I mean, do you have to throw people out? Extremely rarely. Um, we never throw anybody out. We just redirect. <laughs> and here's the thing: there are thousands of people who do. I'm going to put quotes around this regular sex work which I don't see anything, I'm not going to say it's wrong, I don't see anything wrong with it. No, they it's just do, different. It's different. They do it's regular sex what you're work. talking about. Yeah, and they're, and they're basically performing an energetic service in the first, second, and third chakras, or even the fourth. And you may have a, an edu a sex educator who's operating in the fifth, and then some of us actually are really seeking that knowledge and emanating that knowledge to really connect a person with their own source. So source and so that's what goes on in these chambers is a chance to bring your matrix and be across from someone who will use their own energy matrix of light and energy to to help you sort of expand and and feel yourself as greater and more relaxed and I don't know it should be always joyful the, the well, goal would be joy. Well, listen, we when we started, I mean, I talked about if I was the girlfriend or the wife. Of somebody yes. who was going someplace to like a temple, uh, I ha you know in the in our last uh, you know in our winding down here, I want to know about whether uh, if you have people who come who later bring their partner for for some uh, a session a class. Have you had that? That's one question. One and question two: Do they come in and do they tell you? You know, I went home and I told my wife. That I had this session and like she's so happy because now I'm so much of a better lover. I mean, do you yeah, have any so measurement? many of the men say they? I can't even tell you how many men uh, because we do routinely invite them if they have a ring. We routinely invite them to come in with a partner, and they always say, "Well, she just wouldn't understand." What's happened is the women. The, now I'm going to say this, and this is a little bit. It's going to make a little bit of clinching and a little bit of maybe hurt feelings, but many men have not been taught to be a good lover. Therefore, many women do not enjoy sex and are pretty shut down about it. And we are really stepping into the breach, whatever a man's intentions. 
no man comes into a chamber at the goddess temple and where the woman is subservient and allows him to run patterns that don't serve and create good energy and pleasure. So every man is always being under the goddess's tutelage, really. Like they are taught how to treat a woman, how to, I mean, their session is always going to be getting, we, we intend to return whatever man steps out. He should be better in his relationships with women. He should be better in his own yin. He should feel more confident in his own ability to just relax and receive or, anyway, so it, it's, oh. You really intend to return the man to you better than when he got here and more able to serve you as a woman, more able to serve the goddess in you. Good. You just reminded me. I I know I opened this up earlier in the show, something about yin men, men in the new age being so yin. I I lost that thread, but you just reminded me again. I'm hoping that they they are more comfortable in their yin, but they also have their balls. Like for me... Uh, a lot of men have lost a certain characteristic that they should, and I hate saying should, but I'm going to say should be able to play with, like the fact that they are men and they can be big and tough and John Wayne-ish at the same time as they can also enjoy the whole spectrum and be able to also receive it. It sounds like that's that's the service that you're providing. So well, I believe that that's what we do is we help people cultivate energetic sophistication. Even if you're not interested in this as a religion, you can become energetically sophisticated. And why wouldn't you? You know, why so you? basically with the, with the polarity and the chakras, I, I believe that we come in with our inherent setting. You know, you're in a soul and a body and you're running the female settings. I am. But as I've gotten older in life, I'm now running certain of my energy settings, I'm running a male setting, what would be typically referred to as a male setting, and I'm running that energy chakra, you know, the way a man's would. And I'm not running running a female pattern, I'm running the male pattern in a female body. You're running a business. Advanced practice. Tracy, you're running a business, so you have to have both. Yeah, I have to have that young up, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. I want to get to church. I hate that word applied to what we're doing, but okay, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Okay. I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for being my guest today on Tantra Cafe. I have enjoyed having you. You've been listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm your host, Laurie Handlers. You've been listening to Tracy Elise and I talk about what it is to have a sacred temple, a goddess temple, and the real service that it provides as goddess temples start cropping up, really, in most uh, American cities and, and, and in other countries as well. I've heard about them. So, I really, really thank you. If you want to get in touch with her, you should go to find out more information at phoenixgoddesstemple.org, and you will find out plenty of information there. Uh, please tune in next week to Tantra Cafe when I'll be speaking with another amazing guest about Tantra, of course, and the aspect, another aspect of Tantra and how it's introducing new things into our lives. If you want to reach me, go to Laurie at tantracafe.com or my main website butterflyworkshops.com I look forward to being with you again next week thank you I'm saying namaste from Tantra Cafe